What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Texans Matchup. I am your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter for your Houston Texans. And my goodness, did we have an afternoon up in Nashville, Tennessee on Sunday or what? Man, that was fun, stressful, very stressful for a while, uh, but very fun. And I'll say this. I actually was probably a little bit more stressed up in New York just because Texans weren't playing as well as they had uh, throughout the year. At some point in the Tennessee game, I realized the Texans were playing good football. They just didn't have all their their hosses with them. You know, no CJ, no Nico, no Tank, no Will, no Blake Cashman, no Tavier Thomas. They, they had a lot of their dudes just out. Oh, George Fant, starting right tackle. I mean, you were without your starting right tackle – uh, you were without your top two touchdown pass catchers. Without your arguably one of your your two best edge rushers. I mean, he and John Grenard. I mean, without Will Anderson, you got all these guys out. You're starting a 35 year old quarterback. They're wearing Oilers jerseys, and at first they get a 13 nothing lead. And you're like, okay, man. But at some point, they started playing good football. The football we've been accustomed to watching the Texans play, and that's when I felt much better about everything that was going on. I didn't know whether they would come back and win. I didn't know whether they had enough in the offensive arsenal to do it, uh, but they did. And honestly, looking back at the game, outside of that pick six, the Texans, I don't say dominated, but they were clearly the better team in, in every physical aspect. And we'll touch on some of those as we go through our ultimate 11 plays of the win over Tennessee. We're going to get that in a little bit. We're also going to look back at week 15 in the NFL. Some tremendous games, including game winners in Seattle, the big upset over Philly. The Bills, oh, they James cooked all over the Dallas Cowboys up in Orchard Park. So we'll go through all of that. But first, we've got to discuss our ultimate 11 plays of the weekend against the Tennessee Titans so we start at number 11 and I know you're gonna hear this and go but wait a second I, I'm not sure I get this well let me explain when Elijah Molden picked off that Case Keenum pass I was standing kind of in line but downfield so I could see Case throw the ball and I could see Dare go where he wasn't supposed to seemingly he probably should have circled up, and I think Case was expecting him to. So I can see Dari moving. I could see Case throwing, and I just, oh, bleep. Oh, no. And my worry all along, especially with the quarterback that hasn't played a lot, what do they do after an interception, especially a pick six? Like, can we even move the ball today? Is that going to be even possible? And – Case Keenum answered that question in the affirmative, and it was on this play right here. They had come back after the pick six and lost two yards on the first two plays. It's third and 12, and I'm just wondering where can they get offense from? Can they even chip away at this 13-0 lead? It's third and 12. I'm writing this drive off at this point. I'm thinking this is just not going to be anything. Uh, but maybe Case can get a, like a screen completion and pick up a few yards, more room for a punt. You know, I mean, not, not at this point in a really good positive headspace, but I should have remembered that Case Keenum is Case Keenum. Because to me, this was kind of the throw that broke the ice. Like, hey, I'm fine. We're fine as an offense. Let's get rolling. 
and it was this third down throw to Noah Brown. It didn't lead to any points, but what it did do was kind of show that the offense wasn't going to go cower and die for the day. They made a mistake. They gave up points. They put themselves in a hole. But on third down, they were going to get themselves out of it. And to me, this was the start of that when Case found Noah Brown for a big first down at third and 12. Third down and 12 at the Houston 11-yard line. Keenum in the gun. Dari in the backfield with him. Here's the snap. Keenum plants, steps up, fires, and caught for a first down. Noah Brown down at the 33-yard line. Wallace with the hit. Keenum to Brown. What a combination today so far as Case threads the needle for the first. Wasn't a touchdown. Wasn't a huge explosive. But it was enough. It was enough to say we're not going away. It was enough to, for the offense to say, okay, yeah, we can, we can trudge uphill. We're ready to go, and we're going to do that. Now, the offense wasn't going to be able to do that if the defense didn't put on a masterful performance. In particular, at the linebacker position, my God, Christian Harris and Denzel Perryman were all over the flipping field. I mean, all over it. At number 10, I put three TFLs, two from Christian Harris, one from Denzel Perryman, because those two guys deserve to at least be mentioned in the ultimate level. They were fantastic. How fantastic? Derrick Henry had nine yards. Nine on 16 carries. You add in his four catches for a yard, he had 20 touches for 10 yards. Let me repeat. 20 touches for 10 yards. It's the first time in NFL history that someone had 20 touches in an NFL game and didn't have more than 10 yards. Really? Against Thanos, the guy that has been just absolutely destroying you for years? Shut him down. At number 10, Christian Harris, twice, and Denzel Perriman. They'll mark the ball across the 10, second and five, Levis shotgun from the 11-yard line of Tennessee. Henry to the right of Levis. Levis to throw, swings it out to Henry, and Harris meets him and pushes him back. Good stop there by Christian Harris, who had a pick in this game last year in Nashville. Extra talking between two Alabama guys. and Henry. Some Bama blood boiling there. Third down on the way. Eight minutes to go in the second, 13-0 Titans driving. First down at the Tennessee 21-yard line. Henry back in the game. Levis under center. He's going to throw. Levis swings it out to Henry. Henry trying to break tackles, and he's going to lose yardage. Christian Harris has been putting on a show so far. Another TFL for Christian, second and long. First down, Titans at their 25, offset eye formation. Aconquo, the fullback, Henry, the tailback. And Levis with a long count. Des King, they've been creeping him up at the line all afternoon long. Here's Levis with a... Tough time getting the snap. Tosses the ball to Henry. He's buried as King gets there first. And they get a huge TFL out of this. Levis had trouble pulling that ball out of the center. I know Mark mentioned Des King there, but that was Denzel Perriman shooting the gap, uh, making the TFL. Those guys were absolutely outstanding. They come in with those three TFLs at number 10. All right, number nine is another guy who was just outstanding but on the offensive side. Now, you're not going to hear two of his best plays because one of them will be coming up and one of them got negated, and that's Motor. Devin Singletary did it again. Here's a little audio collage at number nine 
of what Devin was able to do on the ground on Sunday. Noah Brown out to the left side along with Dalton Schultz, who's looking for his first catch. Keenum in the gun, one back motor, third and 15 at the Tennessee 36. Keenum hands off to Singletary, takes it over the left side, breaks the tackle, and close. he brings it all the way down, close to a first down at the 23-yard line, and it's going to be fourth and short. Texans will go for it. One back Singletary, Keenum shotgun on second and one at the Titan 20. Hutchinson to the left side. Almost Woods a- and Brown stacked right. Keenum backs out after talking to his lineman. Handoff motor winds around the left side, takes it across the 15 down to the 13. What a run by Singletary to get a first down at the 13 yard line. TD ECU red zone. Texans dealing on offense following the Nelson pick. Got them the ball at the Houston 40. Here they are at the Titan 13, first and 10. Titans in the oiler blue with the white pants. White helmets with the oil Derrick. Here it is, Houston legend Case Keenum under center with one back. First down at the Texans three, Singletary in the backfield. Case takes the snap, handoff, motor, left side across the five, still going 10, motor across the 12, motor has the first down of the 14-yard line. Are they going to mark him there? Yes, indeed, 11 yards when they needed it badly. They get out of the shadow of the goalposts. Keenum in the gun. First down, Texans at the Houston 21, one back, Singletary. They start off with motor, left side, 25, 30, 35, still going 40 and taking a man across the 40-yard line of the 41. Tackle made by Wallace, but Singletary took him for a ride for a first down. Oh, this would be so beautiful. You break the uniforms out. You may not ever wear them again after this. Singletary, third 100-yard day. Box them up, send them to Houston. 19-yard pickup there. Dre would save his best for last a little later, but there's a little Devin Singletary at number nine. All right, let's get to a guy that was – actually, two guys that were instrumental in this win. I don't think there's any question about Case Keenum, but also Dalton Schultz. Now, this play is – it comes after an interception. Steven Nelson had an interception, and the Texans are down 13-3. to It was the first drive of the half. We'll get to the interception a little bit later, but Steven Nelson picked off Will Levis, and the Texans had the ball, but they couldn't do anything with it the first couple of downs. So I thought, oh, my God, are they going to waste this interception? They can't waste it. I mean, they got a turnover finally. They've got to do something with it. Well, on third down, Case Keenum threw probably his best pass of the day, I thought. I was right in line with this. Dalton Schultz was flexed out right. He got single coverage, and Case threw a dime right. I mean, he threw that ball before Dalton even made his turn. It's the it's the best thing about a quarterback making these throws, the anticipation and throwing it to a spot, throwing his guy open. It was brilliant. The Texans would then go down a few plays later, kick a field goal to make 13-6, but they were about to have to punt after the interception if it weren't for this play. At number eight, Case Keenum, Dalton Schultz. It's third down and eight. Keenum, shotgun. One back, Dari. Three receivers to the left side. Case to throw. Case with time. Airs it out downfield to his right. He has Schultz. First down. Steps out of bounds at the 28-yard line of the Titans. There's our man, Schultz. You were asking during the break, where's Schultz been? I said he's been wide open. 
He just hadn't gotten the ball, and finally, Case is able to find him on a corner route. Schultz reeling it in just before going out of bounds. Now, as I was doing this Ultimate 11, the top six really, I just had to put them in the right order. But I felt very confident about what was going to be the top six. It's just a matter of, all right, how do I fit everything into the right spot? One of the problems that I had was I had seven sacks. Like, how do I put all of those into the ultimate 11? Then it hit me. I'm at number seven. Why not just play all seven sacks right here at number seven? So I did. And number seven, all seven Texans sacks right here. Full complement of timeouts each team. 16-16 game. Titans with a second down and 10 from their 29-yard line. Levis in the gun with Spears to his right. Hopkins wide side right. In the slot, it's Kinsey. Levis to throw. Levis is going to be sacked by Malik back inside the 20-yard line. Malik with his second sack of the game, and it's huge. 6.40 to go in the second quarter. 13-0 Titans lead. Third down and seven at the Tennessee 24-yard line. Levis shotgun, Spears to his right, three receivers to the left side. And Nuke to the right side. Levis to throw, Levis looking, Levis sacked back inside the 15-yard line. Khalil Davis and friends get back there to bring down the quarterback and get the D off the field. All right, here we go with third and 17 for the Titans now after Mm. that incompletion to Hopkins. Third and 17 from the Titans, 18, Levis in the gun. One back. Hopkins to the short side left. Four men across the front for Houston. Levis with a long count, really surveying the situation here on third and 17. Here's the snap to the rookie. Levis, pocket collapsing. Levis is going to be sacked back inside the 10-yard line. It's a Texans party in the backfield. And they missed They missed a face mask, thank goodness. Whoever was trying to reach for Levis, they got close to the face mask of will levis second and nine inside the houston 15 levis shotgun henry with him three receivers to the wide side right hopkins short side left now henry goes out in motion to the right levis pumping levis ball is out and the fumble goes out of bounds way behind the line of scrimmage at the 34 yard line Oh, if a texan could have gotten to that baby it would have been a foot race with derrick henry because he's the only player in the area and i don't know if grenard got a hand on that to tip it out as levis was trying to throw it but it went backwards and like i'm saying if 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 uh stingley or petrie one of those guys would have picked it up it would have been off to the races levis split backs spears and henry first out titans at their 25 levis to throw He's looking. Levis is going to be sacked. Jonathan Grenard gets back there to bring down the quarterback. Second and 13 from the Titan 45. Levis shotgun spears to his left. Hopkins slot right. Four men across the front for the Texans. Levis to throw. Pocket collapsing. Levis goes down again. Barnett brings him down. Another sack attack as the Titans are moving backwards. And here we have a third and seven from the Titan 49-yard line. Two minutes to go in overtime, 16-16. Burks out to the right side. Hopkins to the left. Nelson will watch him. Levis with Spears to his right. Third and seven from the Tennessee 49-yard line in OT. 
Levis gets the snap. Levis with the pocket collapsing. Levis is going to go down. Sandwich sack. Oh, my gosh. He's bent back. Desmond King gets there first. He could be really injured, Mark. And King pulled out the football thinking he's got it. And Des did. Des had the football. And the way that Levis was laying, he was laying backwards, but he was laying on top of guys. That actually was a fumble, but they didn't call it, and you live to see another day. That was the last offensive play fitting that it was a sack for the Titans. Fitting, because there were a lot of them. Seven of them on the day, and the Texans would make magic happen with the final one minute, 49 seconds. Okay, let's get to number six. Like I said, the six, I knew. I knew at number six, I was going to have a couple of instances of Kaimi Fairbairn. This one, I think, because Kaimi made it look so easy, it really doesn't uh, illustrate how much stress there is at this point. It's 13-6. to six. The Texans are bogged down at about the 35, 36-yard line, somewhere in that range. And that's it. they, they got to have some points. Kaimi trots on the field. He's kicking into the wind. And... He's playing in his first game, and I thought, oh, boy. Now, three points were huge because then one touchdown drive would, all, would be all it took to beat them. That's it. So you, you needed this three. Well, from 53 yards out, Kaimi Fairbairn nailed it. Nailed it to make it 13-9. This comes in number six. 53-yard attempt, right hash mark. Weeks with the snap, Johnston with the hold, here's the spot, here's the kick, plenty of leg, and it's good! Fairbairn three for three, and the Texans cut the lead to four. 13-9, 2.42 to go in the third quarter. All right, let's get to number five, and this is one of my favorites because in some sense it sort of features me a little bit in this one. So the Titans had the ball to start the second half. They were up 13-3, to third and eight, and... D'Amico and Matt Burke called one hell of a blitz. It gets John Grenard wide open to get to Will Levis. I mean, wide wide open. Like, I don't even know that anybody put a hand on him. Levis is a big, strong dude. I don't think there's any question about that. Well, this showed it. Levis falling to his right as JG is hitting him, throws back to the left across his body in some magical, I don't know how he did it way, he hits Chega Conquo, who then fights through a tackle and gets a first down. The Titans fans go crazy. They do their boom, boom, boom thing for first down. And I'm like, God dang it. Well, the next run, somebody was banged up on the next run. And so we had a break. We come out of the break, and Mark throws it down to me. And this is what I said before the play, right immediately before the play at number five. Take a listen. Well, I can't tell you how strong Will Levis is. I mean, I'd imagine John Grenard was just mystified that he didn't come up with a sack. It was a great blitz, and Grenard came clean, and Levis just made one hell of a play. That's what he's always been able to do. Now, he bounces that out with a pick, so maybe that's coming. And what I meant by that as I was squeezing that in there with a short amount of time to talk is Will, the Will Levis experience is highs and lows and highs and lows, and it was the same thing at Kentucky. He would throw a 30-yard dart. And I mean, just a dart. And then the very next play, you get locked in on a receiver and throw a pick. It, that was the Will Levis experience. And that was kind of my thought. He makes the big play. Now he's trying to do it again, and he gets locked into a receiver on the sideline. Unfortunately, he threw to a guy in a Texans jersey. That was Steven Nelson. This pick comes in at number five. 
Second down and eight across the Titan 39-yard line. Henry stays in, lone man in the backfield, Levis under center. On second and eight, here's motion by Burks to the left side. And a little bootleg here by Levis. Levis stepping up, throwing downfield, and intercepted Steven Nelson at the 40-yard line of Houston. There it is, a pick by Nelson, and the Texans have the rock. Hey, Johnny, I have the car ready to go to Vegas right after this game. So me and you... We're just going to leave the stadium and head right on to Vegas. Let's go. Get your lottery tickets right here. I've called plays before. Have had that happen before. Like, oh, you know, I can see this coming, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's you're on a game long enough. You'll be able to do it. But that was fun. To be able to do that one, I mean, immediately before the pick uh, was really, really awesome. And it was needed. We needed that pick. And Steven Nelson got it. Texas would go down and kick a field goal. But. They were just chipping away at that 13 to nothing lead. It was 13 to three, then the interception, then they made it 13 to six. And now they were truly in the ball game. And because the Titans offense was doing nothing, they were getting a little bit nervous. And for good reason. All right, let's get to number four. And this, I don't even know how you describe this. We had Dalton Schultz uh, on with Mark and I. We were asking him about this. And he was very just, well, I saw the ball, I went and got it. He made it sound very simple. But one of the things that he talked about was what he wanted to improve in his game. And we always ask these guys all the time, hey, what do you want to improve in your game You know, when you go in the offseason? They're like, well, I want to improve everything. And that's most of the time the answer we get. Dalton said that going into this offseason, one of the things that he wanted to do was improve his ability to go win 50-50 contested catches. Like, go win those. Go take the ball away and be a trustworthy asset for his quarterback when he's kind of throwing it where there might be a defender on him, he's got to go make that play. Well, he did that right here at number four. Dalton Schultz with 15 huge yards, stealing one away from Roger McCreary. Two receivers to the left, stacked. Second and 10 at the Tennessee 18. Keenum under center, Woods in motion to the right. Keenum fakes the flip. Keenum plants. He's got time to throw. And he throws over the middle and Dalton Schultz has it inside the five-yard line. Somehow he comes down with the ball in traffic. First and goal. He took the ball away from Trey Avery. That's just a McCrary, I'm sorry. He just wanted it more than the Tennessee defender. He just reached in, grabbed it, took it away. And that's exactly what Dalton Schultz was aiming to do. That was what he wanted to do this last offseason, and he accomplished that with flying colors. Now, what did that lead to? Now, normally, this touchdown would be more than likely number one, but it ends up being number three. So, no, I apologize. Uh, You've been number one before, but this one's number three because it tied the game, but it was third and goal after the Schultz catch. Couple runs, did nothing. Case went back to throw, and the Titans did a nice job of showing a four-man rush, dropping, I think it was Julio Johnson, into coverage. So it was essentially drop eight from the three-yard line. So you've got to be exact with the football in this situation. Well, immediately there was not anything there. But when Case started to move, Noah Brown broke into the void wide open. Case hit him, and this tied the game. It comes in at number three. End zone to our right. Crowd revving it up. Tenth play of the drive. Texans going for the equalizer. Ten seconds on the play clock. They get out of the huddle. Third and goal at the three. Keenum in the gun. Singletary in the backfield with him. Schultz motioning to the left. Keenum to throw. 
Keenum scrambling to the right, throws to the end zone. Yes. Caught, touchdown, Houston, Noah Brown. Three-yard TD pass. Yes, baby. Case Keenum, welcome back, touchdown pass. Noah the Brown, first TD of the day. Noah Brown started this game hot. Going to finish this game hot. That tied it at 16. Now, the Texans did get the ball back. That was like with three minutes left, I think. And Texans did get the ball back, and he thought maybe they'd have a shot. They got it around midfield, but uh, the drive would bog down. They would go to overtime. And in overtime, neither offense did much of anything until there was 149 left on the clock. I'll never forget this. I look up, I see 149. I think the Texans have a timeout. And I'm thinking, man, can they do this? The last two drives, the last drive they had lost 21 yards. I didn't feel totally confident at that point, even though the offense from about – end of first quarter on had been pretty efficient and pretty solid that overtime drive just got me scared so I'm like oh man something magical's got to happen and then it did Case Keenan went back to pass and as he did he got a little a little pressure from his right side Harold Landry decided to go wide and high on Charlie Heck so Case stepped up in the pocket and Charlie did a great job of riding Landry out. Landry got a hand on Case. Case fought through it, but then Charlie ran him on by. And what that did was it opened up all this room to the right side. And when it did, scramble drill takes effect. Devin had run this wonderful route. He had started to the flat and then broke it back inside. So it's kind of a kind of a return, inside return route. Well, as soon as Case broke out of the pocket, he went right back outside. So he went out in, out when the scramble drill started. And when he did, Elijah Molden stumbled just a bit and lost Devin. And instead of breaking flat, Devin kind of broke up the field. Case then floated it to him. 41 yards later, there was hope the Texans could actually win this game. At number two, Case finds Motor for 41 yards in overtime. 143 to go in overtime. Two timeouts for the Texans. Case Keenum, shotgun. First down, Texans at the Houston 20. Motor in the backfield. Case puts the leg down. Keenum to throw. Keenum, pocket collapsing. Scrambles to the right. Keenum floats the ball downfield. He's got a man. Motor across the 50. Yes. 40 right sideline. Well into Titan territory. Out of bounds at the 38-yard line. Big play to Singletary. But the biggest of the day was coming up. The big kahuna, the number one, numero uno, was going to happen do the right foot of Kaimi Fairbairn, 54 yards away. So after Motor gets the ball on down, uh, I don't remember exactly where he bumped out of bounds, but they were in field goal range. He takes the next run to the house. Ball game, it's over. We're running out of there. But I had one of those moments where I see the flag, and I saw, I saw the hold, I saw the flag, and I knew it was coming back. So it took all the joy out of watching Motor make one of the great runs of the year. It gets called back. They move back. They run Motor into the line one more time, and he loses a yard. So now they're sitting at about the 35-yard line, 36-yard line, somewhere in there. And D'Amico decides to run it down. And I actually – it was funny because when Mark and I were talking about this with Andre after the game, we're like, man, why didn't we run another play? And I thought, you know what? The play before, they got stuffed. If they go back any further, they get a penalty. Now they're out of Kaimi's range. They ran it down. It took a timeout with two seconds left. Kaimi Fairbairn's first game back. He'd already hit a 53-yarder the other direction. 
But now he's coming on to break the tie, give the Texans a win. Would he make it? Well, it wouldn't be a number one if he didn't. Kymie Fairbairn, game winner, number one. 16-16, two seconds to go in overtime. 54-yard attempt, left hash mark. Here's the snap. Here's the spot. Here's the kick by Fairbairn. Yes! Yes! Good! The Texans win! Yes! Legendary! Fairbairn knocks it through from 54 as the Texans defeat the former Oilers. Put those uniforms back in the trunk. 19-16. Have a nice day. Put them up. What a comeback. Down 13-0. Numerous key players out, and the Texans dig oh so deep to pull out a victory against their rivals and go home with the victory. That was a joyous locker room, people. I can tell you that. There were hugs and high fives and smiles like maybe you haven't seen all year. That one meant a lot to a lot of people, and it was fantastic to live through that on Sunday. We get back. Let's go through a fantastic week 15 in the NFL right here in Texas Matchup. Welcome back to this edition of Texans Matchup. I am your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter for your Houston Texans. Time to look back at week 15 in the NFL. Look at some of the key games that happened, some that impact the playoffs, some that impact the AFC South, all that. Let's do that right now. Let's start in Cincinnati where the Bengals and Vikings played one of the most unbelievable Saturday games you've seen. Now, we wanted the Vikings to win the game. But the Vikings, well, it looked like they were going to win the game when Ty Chandler broke a run down to the one-yard line, setting up a Jordan Addison one-yard touchdown catch. With Madison out with an ankle injury, Ty Chandler's first career 100-yard game. He's got 101. Motion from Addison under center Mullins. On first and 10 at the 31, handoff goes to Chandler, and he cuts into the second wave. 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. He's dragged down at the 1. He got 30 yards. Battle and Turner denied the TD, but the Vikings are one yard away with first and goal. Nothing fancy about that. That's just inside zone to the right, and Chandler cut it all the way back behind a terrific block by Darisau, the left tackle on Jermaine Pratt. The linebacker, Pratt's got to do a better job of getting off that block. What a drive, championed by Nick Mullins in a battle of backup quarterbacks. He's a franchise record, fourth different starter on the year. He's under center. Chandler, the deep back, first and goal inside of the one. Three wide slot left, slot man motion near right. Play fake, Mullins looking to throw, eyeballing end zone, pass the football, he's flushed, rolling to his near right, two bangles in his face, off-balance throw, is tipped, and Jordan Addison able to bring it in, touchdown! But the Bengals would answer and tie the game on the most improbable touchdown all weekend. T. Higgins, you are ridiculous. Extra DB on Theo Jackson replaces defensive lineman Jaqueline Roy. Mixon sidecar left, trips, bunch to the far right, second and 10 at the Minnesota 21. Cincinnati changed things up. Browning out of the gun, down to TD, fades back near left hash. He's flushed, he's rolling to his right. One footed throw, dangerous end zone. Higgins goes up, he makes the grab! Tied to the sideline at the one, touchdown! Both hands up! He somehow won it against a double team on a prayer pass! 
fourth quarter. I can see the play in my head, and I still don't know how he did it. I mean, the body control, the awareness, the hands, everything to get that touchdown. That made it 24-24. They would go into overtime where Money McPherson, Ed McPherson, would win the game for the Bengals. 317 clock rolls. We await the snap. Clean spot good. Right foot a kick in the air. He drilled it. Evan McPherson, the walk-off winner. And the Bengals win in overtime. They rally from down 17 to 3. They beat the Vikings 27 to 24. In a game the Bengals had to have to stay in that eight and six mix. Well, they got it. Jake Browning was stupid good. 324 yards. Leads him on that final drive where he threw a touchdown to T. Higgins. He had two on the day. Nick Mullins thought he played pretty well. Two touchdowns. Went 303 yards through the air. Jordan Addison, 111 yards and two touchdowns. Ty Chandler ran for 132. This was the Vikings game all along. And they couldn't finish. They would not help us out. Speaking of not finishing, how about the Steelers taking on the Colts? The Steelers jumped out to a 13-0 lead. It's on. It's over. Colts are going to finally lose a game. Nope. Not going to happen. The Colts then caught fire. Colts will move left or right. They're in the home Royal Blues. Throwback uniforms with white helmets. And the Colt logo on the back. And back to throw. Minshew on first down near sideline. Toss caught. It's going to be a touchdown. It's Mo Alley Cox. That gave the Colts a 21-13 lead. They would not relinquish another point, score nine more, and win this thing 30-13. to Gardner Minshew threw three tutties. You heard that one right there to Mo Alley-Cox. Matt Gay seemed to kick field goals all game long. He had one, two, three field goals. Uh, tremendous day for the Colts, even though Michael Pittman got knocked out. Uh, they get the win. They go to eight and six because the Jaguars, well, we'll hold on to the Jaguars because we'll hear what happened to them in a little bit. But Colts and Texans tied at 8-6. and six. Steelers falling to 7-7 seven and seven and fading very, very fast. Now, the Texans got the Browns coming up this weekend. The Browns were taking on the Bears, and the Bears had a big lead. They were up 17-7 going into the fourth, and then Joe Flacco happened. A Hopkins field goal. And Amari Cooper 51-yard pass that was almost a miracle. And a Hopkins field goal with 32 seconds remaining gave the Browns an improbable 20-17 lead. Justin Fields got the Bears out to midfield, and it was time for a miracle. Could it happen? It is third down and 10 from the Browns' 45. Fields back to pass, up in the pocket. He rolls left. Time's run out. He's going to look. He's going to look. He's going to launch. It's going down into the end zone. Knock it down. The ball is intercepted. It's intercepted by the Browns. As DeAnthony Bell got it. He got it. Ball game over. Browns win. Browns win. 20-17. And, well, you just found out from Jim Donovan that it didn't happen. Fields threw it the length of the, well, about from midfield, and he launched. The ball is tipped, and it's in Darnell Mooney's lap. But he can't corral it. It pops up in the air. The Browns intercept it. Browns win. Browns move to 9-6. and six. Bears could have done us a solid. They couldn't hold on to a lead. They couldn't complete a Hail Mary. That was completable. Oh, thank you, Bears. Browns 9-6. and six. Joe Flacco, the story again. We'll see him on Sunday. Three touchdowns. I'm sorry, 
two touchdowns, three interceptions. Two for 374. The man can still sling it. Amari Cooper, four for 109 and a touchdown. Justin Fields, 166 yards through the air, 19 of 40. But he had two interceptions. That killed it for the Browns. Speaking of killing it, how about James Cook and the Buffalo Bills against the Dallas Cowboys? Allen in the shotgun. Cook in the backfield to his right. Back to pass. Going to roll out to his right. Flings it to the end zone for James Cook for an 18-yard touchdown reception. The Cook is in the kitchen. Cook to the left of Allen in the shotgun. Two receivers left, one to the right. Here's the snap. Give us to Cook. Goes behind Dawkins through a hole. Down to the 10, the 5, and he leaps into the end zone. James Cook with his second touchdown of the game. The route was on in Buffalo as the hot Buffalo Bills hammered the Dallas Cowboys 31-10. to How about these numbers for James Cook? 25 carries, 179 yards, and a touchdown in this one. He was absolutely dynamic in this win over the Dallas Cowboys. And as many Bills fans have said, Thurman Thomas has been telling you you need to go to James Cook more often. Well, the Bills and Joe Brady, new offensive coordinator, are figuring that out in a big win Keeps the Bills eight and six. Really needed the Bills to lose that, I guess. But I don't know. Maybe the Bills are going to win these last three, beat the Dolphins, and take the division. So we'll see. Cowboys fall to ten and four, and they're showing themselves to be true frugazies on the road in the NFL. There's no question. The Baltimore Ravens are not that. They are far from fake, and they are the number one seed right now in the AFC. Well, they won Sunday night to Jacksonville. And I want to say they dominated the game, but they dominated the game. Why? Well, they've got so many different weapons they can go to, but they've got Lamar Jackson. That's the biggest one. Two receivers to the left, two tight ends right. Jackson in the gun, gets the snap, fakes the handoff, back to pass, fires down the middle. That's caught. Touchdown, Baltimore. Isaiah Likely makes the catch of the end zone, his second touchdown catch of the year, and the Ravens find six. Lamar wasn't. His greatest self through the air, but he did run for 97 yards. And in true Baltimore fashion, if Lamar's not all the way there, well, the defense can pick it up, including Justin Matabike having one of the great years of any interior defensive lineman in the AFC. Third down and 10 for the 25. Lawrence in the gun. Twin receivers left and right. Here's the snap. Lawrence back to pass. Looking under pressure. Wrapped up. Spins away. Moves to his left. Hit again. The ball is out. There's a pile at the 20-yard line, and the Ravens have recovered. The Ravens turn the Jaguars over again, sacking Trevor Lawrence and recovering the fumble at the 20. Matabike has put on a show all year long as the Ravens' defense would hold the Jags to seven points. Ravens move to 11-3 with a 23-7 win. Jags fall into a three-way tie atop the AFC South at 8-6. and six. The Jags go to Tampa Bay this weekend. The Colts go to Atlanta, and you know the Texans take on the Browns. So those games will be front of mind, no doubt, for everybody this weekend. Monday night, it was the Julian Love Show. He came up with this interception to give the Seahawks a shot. Seattle 45, shotgun snap. Here's a four-man rush. Hurts winding up, long pass, down the middle, arching into the end zone. It's intercepted, falling down on his back. Julian Love with the interception of Hurts. So the Seahawks trailed by four after that pick. Could they come up with a miracle 
And when you do, Drew Locke dials up Jackson Smith and Jigbo. 33 seconds left. Shotgun snap. Three-man rush. Locke throws long pass down the far sideline. Caught over the shoulder. It's grabbed. Smith and Jigbo. Touchdown. Touchdown. Seattle. Touchdown. Then Julian Love sealed it right here with a pick, not a kiss. Hertz winds up long arching spiral near sideline. Broken up. May have been intercepted. Out of bounds as a pickoff it was. Love has picked off the ball. Seattle is intercepted. Hurts. Julian Love's second interception clinched the win for Seattle, 20-17 over the Eagle. When we get back, we'll celebrate the life, the Texans' life, of Case Keenum right here on Texas Matchup. We got one final segment of this edition of Texans Matchup. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter, and I decided on this last segment i was trying to figure out what i wanted to do i always know i wanted the ultimate 11 and i want to look back at week 15 in the nfl but i just figured case keenum was such a story i mean coming back to houston he had been inactive i mean technically the third quarterback dresses on game day just in case but he's listed as inactive he starts against the titans i mean he just makes magic happen well it was nine years ago Almost to the day when Case went on the field against the Baltimore Ravens and faced, ironically, Joe Flacco, who is going to be the quarterback for the Browns here on Sunday. And he took on the Ravens in one of my favorite wins of all time. Texans were 7-7. Seven and seven. They were in the playoff hunt. They needed the last two games. But both quarterbacks, Tom Savage and Ryan Fitzpatrick, had gotten hurt in the game at Indianapolis. And what were they going to do to take on the Ravens in 2014? So as the rumor went, Case, that weekend when our quarterbacks got hurt against the Colts, Case was, as the story went, was in a deer hunting blind in a tree and was getting texts from his wife about what was happening. And before you know it, he gets a call from Rick Smith, Bill O'Brien, come back, be the quarterback. We thought that was, you know, conjecture. We thought, okay. So when we had Case in studio in May in the offseason, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to ask him the question straight out and see what he'll tell us. And it was true. The entire story was true. Can we tell the full story now about 2014, the last couple of weeks of the year? Mm. Because I don't know that we've ever gotten the full story mm-hmm. yes. of how you got back here for those last couple of games because – I know that that was my first year on the sideline. And so after the games, after wins, we would interview a player on the field. And I interviewed you on the field and you had a lot of emotion and Mm -hmm. which I was feeling that too. I was so happy for you to have that moment right then. But how in the heck did you get back here? Because there've been so many stories (laughs) about different, and we want to get it from you. How did that end up falling back in your plate to get back to Houston for the final two weeks? Is the deer blind thing urban legend or was it real? A hundred percent real. A hundred percent real. those two, those two games were very special. I know we were 7-7. Seven and seven. You know, everybody gets hurt, uh, come back and, and get to win those last two games, yeah. give us a shot at the playoffs. But, uh, you know, having the year before and lost all those games to come back and win, you know, for the city of Houston, for the Texans was, was really special. But, yeah, uh, that year uh, I had gotten cut during training camp. Coach O'Brien, you know, I think they had traded for Ryan Mallett. Fitzpatrick was here, Tom Savage, but I'd spent the whole year with the Rams. They had picked me up off waivers. So I'd spent the year with them. At, at one point, they needed some roster space, so they put me on practice squad. 
and we had a Thursday night game. I think that was like week 14 or mm-hmm. 15, whatever yep. that, that week was. And uh, so we had the weekend off. And St. Louis, Missouri, I mean, we're, you know, there's, there's a lot of really, really good deer hunting uh, around <laughs> there. And so we had a couple of spots, a couple of farmers who would let us uh, come and get in a tree whenever we could. Some pretty close to the facility uh, out there in St. Charles where our facility was when we played in St. Louis. And so that weekend I was, I was in the, in a tree stand. Uh, it was Sunday evening and uh, I was not thinking about football at all. I was trying to bag my, you know, 12, 12 point buck. <laughs> exactly. And my wife is texting me and she's watching the Texans game. Cause she's still so invested in the Texans. Um, all our friends were still here and she says, Oh my gosh, Tom Savage is hurt. You know, uh, Tom, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is hurt and they're like Shane Leckler is warming up on the sideline to go mm-hmm. in the game and uh, I'm like wow that'd be crazy I, I I wonder if they might call me I'm 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 on practice squad I think they could pick me up and not like 20 minutes later um you know I start getting calls about it might could happen um and literally I kind of thinking about it at the time, get down out of the tree. And by the end of the night, I'm packing up, got a flight back to Houston. So it all did. It, uh, it happened at, uh, at some point around, uh, around that deer blind. So it's not said all week that case is going to start, but a lot of people in the building figured, you know what? All right, we're going to go with case, but it was not known until the very first snap of the game for sure. that case was going to be the starter. And early in the game, the Texans decided, you know what, we're just going to let Case open it up, and he did this. Keenum gets the snap, fires downfield, left side, and caught, and out of bounds at the 45-yard line. Great way to open the game. Keenum to Andre Johnson. And Case kept gunslinging, just like he did Sunday, nine years ago against the Ravens on the second play. Again to Andre Johnson. Here's the snap. Here's the rush. Keenum fires downfield. Hits Andre Johnson inside the 10 down to the 8-yard line. First and goal, Texans. Ladarius Webb with the hit. 15 yards on the pass play. But Case was doing it all that day against the Ravens, including using his legs. Keenum talking to his team at the line. Here's the snap for Case. Looking, scrambling out to the left. Case is going to run it across the 25-30, 35, and he slides down along the sideline. Late hit. Daryl Smith with a late hit on Case Keenum. Probably thought Case was going out of bounds. He laid the lumber on him, and here's 15 more. The Texans went on to put on their best performance of the season that day against the Ravens. And Case's numbers weren't glorious, but when the game was over, I got a chance to interview him on the field, and I'll never forget the look on his face like, you know, is this real life? I mean, the fans are going crazy when they see him up on the video board, and it's just nuts the career of case keenum his arc here with the texans it's been unbelievable and i don't know whether he will play on sunday or not but man watching him play against the tennessee titans was an absolute joy he's a guy that loves houston he said as such he's worn that jersey uh that says houston on his chest with such pride for so many years case here's to you my man it's been one hell of a ride let's keep it going through these last three games and maybe it's case versus Flacco again nine years later and hopefully the result will be the same and that's it for the show everybody appreciate you being here we will see you next time and hopefully we're breaking down a win over the Browns that would be really nice next week thank you so much have a great rest of your holiday season we'll see you on Sunday against the Cleveland Browns thanks for listening and as always go Texans